0: cannot catch a virus.
1: Well, back at it again, boys.
0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
1: Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep. Brazzle drift deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies podcast. Oh, by the way. My balls is hot.
2: My balls is hot. 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 My balls is hot.
1: And welcome to another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Big Country, as always. On the other end of the mic, two, two of your favorite hosts for this evening. Boy. And Chris. But I think it's going to be the only time all month that we have all three of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we kind of filled you in last week that Chris's, Chris's job, he's going to a new funky, funky donkey. Um, so he's he's doing a longer episode with us tonight. Um, we have a wonderful guest so we'll introduce in just a second here, but uh, at the end of this episode, we're going to record another episode with everything that's kind of going on in the country right now. Um, now, before we introduce our guest for this evening, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of the business. Uh, you can check us out on uh, Instagram for who knows how much longer, Twitter for who knows how much longer, <laughs> uh, but you can also catch us. On our website, WBConspiracies.com, all of our episodes are available there, as well as some awesome documentaries that were also pulled off of YouTube. That's fantastic. Um, Our store is live. You can buy some of our t-shirts. It's a great way to support the show. We are this close to reaching our goal for our GoFundMe, which is still active. We're going to shut it down probably at the end of the month, so help us get that Last little bit done so we can finish getting the equipment for our show. Uh, we do this for you guys, and we thank you for all the support that we've had thus far. Now that all that's out of the way, our guest tonight I'm so excited to talk to. I don't, I'm don't. not going to tell you what she's going to talk about. I'm just going to introduce her, and she's going to talk about it because I don't want to goof anything up. So um, Chris Newby is joining us on the show tonight, and we have so many... So many questions for you, and uh, I'm just gonna stop rambling and let you get after it. So, thanks so much for coming on the show.
3: Oh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for letting me talk about my favorite uh, disease, which is Lyme disease, and the history of biological weapons, uh, right. bug-borne specifically in the Cold oh, War. It's
4: terrible.
1: <laughs> bug-borne.
3: So, so how did you get?
1: How did? How like? How did get? I can't even talk right now.
0: How <laughs> yeah. did someone start this? I mean, how did you go down this path of, yeah. of of going down for bugs?
3: Yeah, well, actually, I was like a tomboy growing up, so I always loved uh, the creepy crawly bugs since the beginning. But, you know, I grew up, I was an engineer by training, and then I became a tech writer in Silicon Valley, working for people like Apple and Microsoft and Netscape. And I never would have imagined this I, my life would take this fork in the road. But, uh, what happened is when I was in my forties, my husband and I took our two middle school kids and we went to Martha's Vineyard. We live in California. Um, and we went to Martha's Vineyard for a three hour tour of vacation. And, uh, and we, when we, a week after we got back to California, my husband and I got sicker than we'd ever been before. And, Uh, that started with a mystery disease. Um, and that started sort of a year, um, journey into the medical system, trying to figure out what was wrong with both of us. And, uh, by the end of a year, we had been to 10 doctors and spent $60,000 and, uh, we were just completely disabled. I mean, I was, uh, we, we had brain fog, fatigue, crushing fatigue, um, arthritis, uh, uh, I would hit the sides of doors. I couldn't think clearly. I would like stop at a stoplight and know, not know what the colors in the traffic light meant. Oh I, God. Uh, We just didn't Whoa. want to get out of bed. Uh, gut pain, uh, dizziness, muscle twitches. And so it was this long journey trying to figure out what we want. And because I'm an engineer, I was like really persnickety about all our symptoms. And when they showed up and all 10 of the doctors, I said, I think we could have Lyme disease, even though we didn't see a tick. And Lyme disease is a little bacterium that is transmitted by tick bites. And they all said, oh, no, that's a rare disease. And if you both you and your husband had gotten it, it would be like winning the lottery. And yeah. so <laughs> that's like a really bad lottery. Um, yeah. And so finally, about month uh, nine, uh, we went to a large medical center um, hospital. And finally, an infectious disease specialist test us for every disease under the sun and the first one to come up positive, you know, in the nine months was Lyme disease, and so uh, both of us had uh, Lyme disease and babesiosis, and that sort of got me interested in. Once I got online uh, to see what other patients had, the symptoms that we had were classic tick-borne diseases, untreated or undertreated, and it, and the medical system was saying there's no such thing as chronic Lyme, and the short course of antibiotics should have cured it. And so, uh, then I started down this path of doing a documentary for five years on Lyme disease. It's called Under Our Skin, and it showed sort of the experience that we went through through the eyes of about four or five other patients. And they, they suffered the same thing. And, uh, and, you know, while, um, uh, a Marin filmmaker and I partnered up, he's really talented. And, uh, you know, the deeper we got into the research in the film, we said, this is just, something about this disease isn't right Mm -hmm. because every other disease, the researchers say, Oh, this is, I'm, this disease is serious. Give us more money. You know, (laughs) there's no other disease as important as this one, but everyone in the Lyme world was saying Lyme is no big deal. It's cured with two weeks of antibiotics. Uh, all these people are sick, don't have a real disease. They're just hypochondriacs suffering from the aches and pains of daily living. So There was something strange, and then one of the last – well, one of the things that Andy Wilson and I found is that this under-eye skin uh, documentary, uh, none of the uh, government officials would talk to us. Uh, It was just too controversial, and again, it's like, why wouldn't they want us to tell us about this disease, the people at the NIH and the CDC?
4: That's a big red flag right there.
3: Yeah, one researcher uh, who was there at the discovery even hung up on me. (laughs) I said – you know, would you speak to me on what? camera about how, why the Lyme disease is such a dangerous disease? And he said, no, click. You know, so, changed. <laughs> so finally, we said at the very end, we were it was like three years into the film, we had to get the final editing done. And we said, well, let's see, let's talk to Willy Bergdorfer because he discovered Lyme disease and he was working for the NIH when he discovered it. And he'll talk to us because he's retired. So we said, yes. We flew the crew out there. And just as we were setting up the lights and cameras, there's pounding on the door, and one of the scientists at Rocky Mountain National <laughs> Lab, it's where the research ticks, he said, "I've been told I need to sit in on this interview." And it was just like, Whoa. "What? How did you know there was an interview?" and uh, <laughs> so oh, <shit. laughs> it was pretty and it was a very tense standoff, and the director kicked him out. Wow. And so good for him <laughs> during that interview, uh, yeah. because Willie, the scientist was so upset at this confrontation. He said things he probably shouldn't have. He said the NIH knows that Lyme disease can be chronic. Uh, and in some cases can't be cured, uh, even though no one was saying that publicly. And they said, it's, it's more dangerous. The disease is more dangerous for, uh, kids with their de- developing neurological systems. And he says, uh, the, money, the whole research enterprise is corrupt. Um, and, and then when we oh. turned off the camera, he said, I didn't tell you everything. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> kept a little bit crazy.
4: Wow. <laughs> did he, did he share realized. anything with you off camera? Uh no, he just, with, oh, okay. he just
3: wouldn't but but that was the start of knowing that we had to get this film out there and it, right. it did really well. It won twenty documentary awards. It was shortlisted for the Oscars in two thousand ten and you can watch it for free if you have Amazon Prime. So it, it's a good I, overview
2: I do. of the, the politics.
3: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. politics, I mean it's a good overview of how the disease patients are thrown under the bus because of corruption, sort of with money and research politics but it doesn't get into the biological weapons stuff and so after that (laughs) i'm this is sort of long but i'm just telling you how i got into it it's just like deeper and deeper into the all you it's still you know i still didn't have all the answers it's like why is this disease so controversial and then i but i told my husband you know i'm finally better after six years of this hellish disease and i got a really good job science writing at stanford that i loved and I met some really nice researchers, not the bad ones. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I said to my, my husband, I am not, I'm done with Lyme disease. I'm going to move on. And then just like one or two weeks later, uh, a really sort of radical indie filmmaker called me and he called me up and he was just like driving about. Eighty miles an hour away from <laughs> Hamilton, Montana. He says, "I just talked to Willie, and he said lime is a biological weapon." What? And of course, I didn't really believe it. And he sent me the video, and it was a three-hour interview. And I watched it, uh-huh. and at the very last minute was he asks him in a very dramatic way. So, when you were investigating the lime outbreak in the seventies, and you discovered this novel you know, organism. And, uh, was that related to bioweapons research you did in the fifties and sixties? And then Willie, he goes cold, silent. And he's like, you could see emotions he's flash on his face. And he's looking up, you know, when you're trying to think, should you lie or not? Yeah. And, and then he's, <laughs> then he says, yeah, more in <laughs> German than in English. And so, when oh I saw that, I thought it was convincing, and that started this sort of five year uh journey where I didn't know if I would have enough proof to publish right. And certain things sure. fell in place, and bitten came out and sure. uh, so I can talk more about what the findings were in the book, which were sort of shocking
4: um when yeah. when you and your husband got sick, do you guys recall ever getting bitten by anything?
3: You know, we didn't see the tick bite, and actually uh new data says that maybe you know half the people don't see the tick or the tick bite. mine was you know behind the hairline. Okay. I didn't see it, but I after I had been tested positive multiple times, I had an unhealing sore where the bite was, mm. and which is called a tick lymphoma, and it really never healed, so I had it cut out, so I mean that's where Jeez. the tick bite is, I'm sure it was so unusual,
1: okay. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I feel like I need to go take a shower.
3: Uh, <laughs> I well, I was... I was l- high- let me back oh, up. Okay. I
1: was just going to say, back up just for a second. You said that... Um, are you currently a, a science writer for um, Stanford?
3: Um, I... I... I quit to go on a book tour a week before everything <laughs> shut down. So oh no. I had a 10 city book tour plan. Oh man. So I'm, I'm freelancing right now and working on some really interesting projects, but uh, uh, n- no, I don't work there no, now.
1: That's all- well, when you said that, I'm like, uh, I was like, what are you doing on our show? It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a research writer for Stanford. And, yeah. I'm just a guy.
0: We're just guys.
3: Dudes <laughs> <Deuce, laughs> um, with beers and whiskeys. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that sums us yeah. up.
0: When you first, when you were talking to, um, for the documentary and you interview, interviewing, I forgot his name, um, and he said afterwards, I didn't even tell you everything. When you, when you get the information like that, is that what drives you to keep digging further and further? And how you went down the, the rabbit hole of, this is a biological weapon because I know that as being the skeptic of this group, these guys keep dropping all this knowledge on me. And as I keep researching on my own, it just drives me to go and get more and more knowledge. So when you were, you, you saw that, Hey, there's more to the story. Did that just send you down? Like, I got to go, go find these answers.
3: Well, when I, when I first, uh, when Willie said, I didn't tell you everything. You know, we had been – research. We the film, we just had to get out because it, it's been in the works for so long. Uh, but the thing that really – there were two things that happened where I felt like, well, nobody else is, is qualified to do this because I already had, you know, four years of research behind me and now this science writing background. So I didn't see any – and I had a steady paycheck, so uh, I didn't see anybody else – there's no journalist who would be able to invest this many years looking into this thing. And then it became, you know, a compulsion because I, for the documentary, I had seen the incredible suffering across the whole United States because Lyme has been detected in, in every state now, Mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that, uh, it just the injustice of them not being treated and people going bankrupt just to afford antibiotics that they and doctors that they have to go to outside of the medical establishment you know so right. it's mostly like a frustration and because it's a disease of ignorance actually more than some crafty bug i mean if you catch it early like in the first month or two and just treat it with simple antibiotics there're no problems but instead we have a a system And a diagnostics and misinformation that's resulting in all these people being really, really sick. So, okay, but back to like, when was I so hooked, it became my compulsion, you know, every day, nights and weekends. And that was, uh, I was at a family party. It was a big, (laughs) a big birthday party. And there was just like two people who were not part of this giant birthday party. And one of them was this crusty old guy. He was like (laughs) the sea captain on Jaws. You know, and he had been drinking and his wife just left him. And and then I said, well, what did you do for a living? And he says, oh, Lord, I work. I work for CIA Black Ops in Vietnam. And so he started (laughs) regaling us with these stories, which. Oh, my gosh. You know, he says he says my boss in Vietnam was like uh, uh, the Apocalypse Now boss, Marlon Brando. He says that was my boss. and he just did some bad assassination things. And, um, it, but then after that conversation, oh, my which was fascinating, he goes, uh, Well, the strangest thing I ever did was drop two boxes of poison ticks on the Cuban sugarcane workers. Oh, shit. In 1962. And, you know, that, like, that is a great start <laughs> of a, like, what? <laughs> and yeah, had, that's,
4: a good, that's a pretty good boost.
1: <laughs> Yeah, did you say go on? Yeah, I
3: did. And he had no idea my, my history with ticks or Lyme disease. And so, as I kept on bringing more drinks, I would run into the bathroom and I had a little piece of paper in my purse and I would write notes. And, you know, I didn't know anything about the Cold War then. So, I would take notes like uh, Operation Mongoose. What's that? Or like Bay of Pigs. And, yeah. and, uh, right. Like the general in charge of the Cuba project and uh, who would in the operation Mongoose, they were trying to assassinate or discredit Fidel Castro, the dictator Mm -hmm. of Cuba. Because the Kennedy brothers were really embarrassed uh, at really being shown up at Bay of Pigs, the Bay of Pigs operation. So it was just like no holds barred, no rules uh in killing him so there was they had a plan where they were going to spray the inside of his scuba suit with an incurable fungus so wow. he'd be sick and he'd be disfigured and We have those? <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> like an un- like we have something that's uncurable like a fungus that we can just psh, just shake the shake the cans
0: spray away <laughs> from body hold breath yeah make sure you read you, the
4: directions
1: You
0: imagine yeah, the you guy know? you imagine <laughs> the guy that's tasked with that and he's like suited up like Oh and then my he God. runs out, I'm done. That's wild.
2: And there's yeah, ex- an exploding, exploding
3: conch. Yeah, there's an exploding conch shell. So Fidel Castro <laughs> like liked to collect shells when he was scuba diving. So they they put an explosive device in a conch shell, hoping that he would find this beautiful pink uh <laughs> conch shell and pick it up and it would explode him under the ocean. And Jeez. Exploding cigars.
4: That's like some double O seven stuff. Like Spider Spy. spy.
3: <laughs> yeah. So
1: Yeah, Spiver Spy. So
3: I got <laughs> anyways, God. I got Willie's confession, you know, that he was involved in biological weapons and he thought the outbreak was related to military experiments without giving any details in that interview. And then this guy who said he dropped um, ticks on the um, the poor innocent sugarcane workers just trying to make a living and feeding their family mm. uh but it's so for the skeptic though i would say oh go ahead it,
1: I was gonna ask what did, did he give you details on what the purpose of that was uh hey what's up truth hooligans big country here from whiskey beer and conspiracy podcast your favorite podcast listen what a year 2020 was and 2021 isn't getting any fucking better holy shit it's crazy out there right now you know our show has reached new heights that we never thought possible before but because of you guys the listeners out there and when i say guys i mean guys and girls we have almost reached our goal fund me our go FundMe is almost complete we have two mics bought purchased, paid for because of you and all your support We have one left to go. Our goal is about three quarters of the way done. We're lacking about 400 bucks right now. And we're not stopping yet. More shows, more videos, more content, more interviews, more merchandise, a patreon coming at the end of this month and this campaign for the gofundme we're just asking you to help us get this last little bit done so we can get this last mic so that way as podcast hosts and providers of truth because we're the truth hooligans we want to make sure that you our listeners have the best quality episodes when we're dropping truth nukes into your ear holes okay no more muffled sounds no scratchy background echoes or hollow sounding voices we want our sultry Voices to soothe your pineal gland as we slowly scrape the plaque off of your third eye and lift the shroud of illusion that has been placed over all of humanity throughout the decades. That was amazing writing by myself. Getting these mics would be such an amazing accomplishment for the show, and we would greatly appreciate any support you, the Truth Hooligans, could show us during these wild times. The content that we will provide will always be top-notch, and we stand by that. We will never stop, and we ask that you help us reach our dreams of doing this podcast full-time and bringing our show to the next level so we can provide top-notch audio to you, the Truth Hooligans. So go to GoFundMe, search hashtag FundTheHooligans, or just type in whiskey, beer, and conspiracies. Podcasts will pop right up. Throw us a flavor or a tenner. Um, throw us 20 bucks. No more than that. I know things are tight right now for everybody. But make a donation today, and we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you're new to the show, thank you so much for stopping by, and welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar.
3: The ticks. For-
0: For dropping it on the sugar
1: cane workers yeah what was what was the motivation for that operation
3: well he he was just given orders at that Mm. time so late i wasn't going to include that in the book but it was enough to say yeah it really happened but what happened is uh they released the kennedy assassination files in 2017 and 2018 Mm -hmm. and they hey, documented Fidel. the purpose of the program. So the purpose oh. pro- of the program was, you know, we had communists at our doorstep in Cuba, and we really needed Fidel Castro out there because he was friendly to the Russians. So we wanted to just completely destroy his economy, and then the people would rise up and kick him out, and they'd get, you know, the CIA put someone more friendly to America there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So that was that was Wow. So then, wow. you know, then... Uh, Willie gave us half confessions, you know, the half confession. So then we, I went to the national archive with the filmmaker and we looked for, um, evidence that Lyme disease was a biological weapon and there was nothing. Mm -hmm. They It was like they had edited out the thing he was most famous for in 1981 when he discovered it. So it was, it was missing frustrating. I even go to the archivist and say, has anybody else looked at this? Could someone have stuffed it in their whitey whitey? Is it, you know, (laughs) no, he says, you're the first one to see these files. So then I knew I had to fly out and see him. (laughs) And (laughs) I, uh, I interviewed him for quite a long time and that's, he was getting really on in years and he had advanced Parkinson's. So he, um, I, he started letting some of it out. He says, yeah, I worked uh, in the biological weapons program, the offensive program in Fort Detrick, Maryland, for over 10 years. My first job was to put bubonic plague in fleas oh, to figure wow. out how to do it. So those could be.
2: The black plague.
3: Yeah, the disease <laughs> that has wiped almost completely wiped humans off the planet several times. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Imagine being at that round table. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? The flu? No, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. How about like, how about like chlamydia? Can we put it in? Can we put chlamydia in? No, that won't. Oh, I've got it. The black plague. And someone said, (laughs) genius. Let's try it. that. Load
0: them up. Dude, if they, ever, if they were successful in that, man, i catch it so fast. i get bit <laughs> by a flea if it's a mile away. It finds me and bites me. My whole family, my, my poor sons get eaten alive. Oh, and there's a flea. Our, or we got to stay. Yeah. We'll stay on top of those fleas.
3: Yeah, well, we the Americans so the, didn't think of it themselves. Yeah. After World War II, we interrogated so the, the, Germans. the biological weapons. Well, actually, the flea stuff was mostly from the Japanese. Oh, so General Ishii. Oh, um, Thanks, Mr. Ishii. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so we
1: we've got yakisoba from the Japanese, and we also have weaponized bubonic plague from
4: fleas. <laughs> from fleas. <laughs> no fleas, fleas. Weaponized
1: fleas. I'm sorry for fleas. Yeah. <laughs> weaponized fleas. And lice. It, it sounds like it, it. It sounds like and lice. <laughs> it sounds like. This is like completely made up. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) They're talking about there's people sitting around. They're like, "What if we weaponized bugs?"
4: Well, and I mean, they're so unassuming, though. You know what I mean? It's we got bit by bug. You know, bugs are gross. They carry all kinds of different diseases. Who knows? It wasn't us. You know, it's easy plausible deniability.
3: It's sure. the perfect now, how stealth
4: do weapon. They, how do they yeah. do it is, that? yeah. Stealth is—it's dead on. It's the most stealthy you can get. You know,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. You can't. Were they
1: ever concerned with like we we weaponize these insects, these bugs, and then we can't control it because like what if one jumps off the table, they don't see it, and then it bites one of the scientists? Is there is was there like a um, a cleanup plan they had, or they're like, let's just see what happens? <laughs>
3: well, the program tried out a bunch of bugs and a bunch of diseases that are inside bugs. So they had to find anytime it went down this workflow, you know, so Willie Burgdorfer was like agent Q where headquarters said, Hey, we need uh, a tick paralytic factor so that we can put it in a dark gun and paralyze a, a German shepherd, you know? Yeah. And so he would work on it. And he, in that case, he said he couldn't do it. He couldn't isolate the tick par- paralysis chemical in the saliva of certain ticks. So, um, or they would say, okay, we need a really lethal um, disease inside a tick. And he would work on that and send samples to Dietrich. And then they would mass produce it, or they figure out how to do it in quantity. And then they would, um, they would develop a vaccine for our own soldiers. So you wouldn't deploy anything that you didn't have protection for Mm. your own soldiers. So certain diseases went through the channel you know, so after it went to Dietrich, then they would test it in the field, either at Dugway Proving Grounds in Canada, or they had some open air tests that they thought were pretty safe, but they really weren't because some people got sick. So what I do in the book too is cover some of the t- the crazy tick experiments that they thought were harmless, but and en- that ended up, I think, creating this sort of Lyme Connecticut. Uh, FUBAR disaster that we saw in the 70s.
0: So that, that open air testing, that's how the it got out, basically, and that's why people are getting it now.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, Willie didn't say that the Lyme disease bacterium was the bioweapon, because those spirochetes, they're spirochetal bacteria they grow really slow, and they have to grow in living organisms, so you can't mass produce them in giant vats, mm-hmm. like beer. So, they ended moving away from insects and moving to the organisms like anthrax and uh, Venezuelan equine encephalitis incy- and and uh, tularemia and some of those are tick borne So they would freeze. They had cereal makers doing this. Like oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they would General freeze melon. dry. <laughs> they would grow. They would grow the bacteria in large vats with yeast and sugar and. And they would freeze dry it and they would make it they'd mill it down to particle sizes that would be just right for wherever they wanted to deploy it. Like you would want, you you know, a certain humidity and pellet size and mm-hmm. like evaporated milk with the bacteria. So it would be it would live for a long time in the tube. Then you'd spray it over a battalion or whatever, and it would float oh. down and people would breathe it in. They would measure, you know, how many particles you'd have to breathe in to kill you. Then an economist would do a report at like, Oh, for tick tick-borne tularemia, you'd need to breathe in, you know, like 10 particles to get sick. And it would only cost you a dollar 33 for a death.
2: Jesus, You know, so
3: somebody would work that out.
4: (laughs) That's crazy. I
3: know, but they would, you know, they, they would hope that they would have a vaccine for the own soldiers. Right. Right. And a lot of times the bugs or the, the aerosolized microbes would be used in conjunction, conjunction with uh, a traditional operation. So mm-hmm. they would weaken the population ahead of time, make a lot of people sick, and then they would come in with ground forces or mm. airplanes. Oh Interesting. And 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 here I am, and here
1: I am worried about trisodium phosphate. <laughs> <and laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Don't get that cereal. <laughs> I've never thought, been like, don't buy that cereal because there could be the plague in it
4: (laughs) this is not like my i like my having this
1: information
4: tularemia free yeah not anymore
1: (laughs) 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 um having this information chris uh, we have a list of questions for you have you and your husband ever been like threatened or followed or gotten strange emails from you know Government officials been like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" Agent Smith shows up. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I was warned along the way. You know, I was talking to someone who may or may not have been in the CIA, and he says, "Watch your back." You know, because this is not the kind of information you'd want to get out. You know, the the repercussions, uh, just like Agent Orange or the Tuskegee right experiments, uh, all of whom were part of this Cold War sort of. Uh, no rules mm-hmm. um, ideas They were out of uh, the box thinkers you know they there's a lot at stake as far as lawsuits and government settle ups so okay. people don't don't want to know about this uh, or the government doesn't want us to you know but i I didn't ever feel like my life was in danger though my father, who was a CIA contractor for quite a while, says, "Don't get yourself killed, Chris you know <laughs> which <laughs> was unsettling for your dad to say that yeah. uh, because we lived in a neighborhood with, lots, <laughs> yeah,
1: right.
3: The... We lived in a neighborhood with lots of CIA people. Lots
1: of yeah. Um, but <laughs> oh, I, as far as
3: uh, I, when I went to Montana to talk to Willie on several occasions, uh, it's a very small town in Montana. Because, like, who wants to live in a town with a biological weapons four lab? You know, yeah. a biological four lab. Okay. Very small. So there's only like one hotel, and I'm pretty sure my email was read there, and. <laughs> Because like one day I went to the attached bar, you know, after the interview and this woman comes up and she starts talking to me about four of the things that were in my email box that day or that week, you know, like water fluoridation. And I was writing a story about Helen of Troy and she started saying, oh, I was a personal assistant on the movie on Helen of Troy. And it was just like, like, this is... (laughs) You are so, such a bad undercover room, person. What?
1: The room started spinning <laughs> and you're like, like, I should probably stop drinking yeah. this right now.
0: I know. You think that someone would that be so, way freaky. more, they'd be better at like trying to stay undercover and, and kind 7%. of get whatever information, you know, I know what, cause I, I'm not saying I'm a great investigator with my my job, but, you know, I, I'm like smooth when I'm talking to people like, hey, I, I get them to 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 tell me what I want them to tell me without them, like force feeding them with, you know, if I'm saying the guys like going really fast on the, you know, on a stop. Hey, man, this Officer Hamilton, whatever. You were flying past all those cars, man. How fast do you think you are going? Oh, you know, 75. Well, I had you on radar at 90. It's clearly, you know, above that. Yeah, I was going over 75. Yeah,
4: maybe maybe they were training that day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe they sent in their B-Squad. I don't know. Yeah, maybe their FTO was slacking. He's day. probably in the other room, like, listening to everything. God dang it. <laughs> this guy's <is> horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible.
3: Well, I, I would say in the beginning, because I had only written... I've done, I've only done happy interviews and these, there were some hostile interviews that I had along the way. And uh, I got, I was really naive at first and then I got better at it. But, but this person who was the worst undercover CIA person ever also said, Oh, if I get anything wrong, it's because I had a severe head injury. (laughs) It's like the the perfect out. (laughs) All right.
4: So besides (laughs) fleas and ticks, what Mm -hmm. are the kind of bugs? Cause I mean, If we're getting into spiders, then that's no longer like a silly fear of mine. I can (laughs) be afraid of spiders. (laughs) So, what other kind of bugs are we dealing with here?
3: Well, ticks are part of the arachnida. Ticks are part of the arachnida class. So, we're talking about mosquitoes too. Oh, so so they took the eighties egypti mosquito, which is the mosquito that now we're having a trouble with in the U.S. because it spreads Zika. Mm -hmm. And dengue, Zika, that gives your kids a funny little head. Uh, So, I mean, my belief is that a lot of those non-native mosquito populations were introduced by the biological weapons program in the Mm -hmm. 60s. And that's part of the problem of disease spread. You know, if you have an insect that, you know, evolves harmoniously with a, you know, a a microbe that's in its gut. Mm -hmm. All the humans are you know immune to it, but what happened is in the fifties and sixties, we were playing God and introducing a bunch of non-native insects and germs, and it upset the balance right uh, so they did um someone or a monkey or a person in Trinidad died of a really horrible yellow fever, so they sent a sample to Willie and then Willie isolated it and tried to to put it in mosquitoes and send it to dietrich so <laughs> yellow fever and mosquitoes now as part of this workflow to make that mosquito i mean that was for vietnam was the goal mm-hmm. i have no proof that they did it in vietnam but they wanted to see if they dropped mosquitoes uh that had diseases in them how far would they fly in you know a day mm-hmm. a month and so they made they bred millions and millions of mosquitoes and that was one of willie's jobs how many mosquitoes can you breed per day you know, so he was trying to make them more have more mosquito sex, and uh, and then they did the, the CIA did a test in poor African American towns in Georgia and in Florida, where they dropped mosquitoes out mm-hmm. of planes, and then they had undercover people, military people, dressed as public health people, going around and saying, "Oh, have you had any mosquito bites?" you know, did you, we gave you this, can you put this trap in your house and see if you can catch mosquitoes? Oh my God. So it's, again, it's like unconsented experiments on the human population and introducing non-native bugs. And so to me, like one of the most outrageous experiments that I uncovered, it was published in old literature in the sixties that no one had really connected, but there is this really young ambitious professor at Old Dominion University and right near Norfolk, Virginia. And he needed, he needed to fund his new research lab. So he took army money to do a bunch of tick experiments for the entomological warfare division at Dietrich. So the goal was to find a tick disease that could sort of be dropped in the Soviet union, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they wanted to know again, okay, if we release Certain number of ticks. How far will they travel in a month to you know a week to a month to a year? Mm-hmm. So they took this really aggressive man-biting tick, and it's called a lone star tick. And before these experiments, it was mostly way in the south, mm-hmm. and they're the only ticks in North America that have eyes. Oh. So they stalk their prey. They just don't wait on a,
4: oh, a piece of grass. That's disgusting.
3: <laughs> they're also the ticks. They're also the ticks whose saliva you're itching. I can see gives you this red meat allergy. So if you what? get a bite and you get this red meat allergy, you can never have a ham. sandwich. turns you
0: into or a, a vegetarian.
3: <laughs> it does. That's <laughs>
0: terrible. Oh, yeah. I'm not advocating suicide, but I may kill myself. if I can't have steak next week. Oh, I'm going to lose my stuff.
3: I know. <laughs> it's like a I know. Dick. Okay. My so goodness. this is what this, this is what the scientist did. He, um, he was funded by the Army and the Atomic Energy Commission, and he took uh, radioactive fluids and he would inject a pregnant tick with the radioactive fluid. And then the 2,000 eggs that the tick lied, they would hatch into nymph ticks, and all of those ticks would be radioactive for their life. Jesus. So then he, he got this swampy field and he made it into a grid, one meter grids, and then in every grid he would put a 1,000 ticks. He would release a 1,000 ticks then he and his post, his students would go out a month later they would collect the ticks in each square they put it in a jar they'd go back and then he had a geiger counter yeah. so he could tell by the strength of the geiger thing how far the ticks had gone in the month and he did this for about 5 years so he released 100 you know over 100,000 of these radioactive lone star ticks and he released them on the Atlantic Bird Flyway. So that's where coastal migrating birds go from South America up through the Caribbean, past Cuba, you know, up the coast to Maine. And uh, when he was describing this to me, the scientist goes, uh, I, I, I could never get away with this experiment nowadays.
4: <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good thing. <laughs>
3: yeah, I know. Uh, that's right. but, So let me get yeah.
4: this straight. He's
1: weaponizing, radioactive, lone star. Hey, what is up, Truth Hooligans? I want to tell you about our good friends over at Cushy Dreams. That's right. Cushy Dreams offers a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. They specialize in extraordinary CBD-rich hemp flour in cans and pre-rolled CBD joints. Listen, smoking crack is bad for you, okay? Smoke something that's good for you. That's at Cushy Dreams. It's legal in all 50 states, ships directly to your door, and you can enjoy all the health benefits of CBD without getting ya high. That's right, under 0.3 grams of THC. Their product is 100% hand trimmed and grown right here in the good old US of A, baby. That's right. A suck it, a China. Okay. Each batch is slowly cured for two to four weeks to guarantee maximum freshness and to preserve the flavor of the cannabinoids so you know you're getting the best. Join the men and women who are sick of vapes and gummies and want to smoke their CBD. Cushy Dreams Smokable CBD looks, feels, and tastes like high-quality marijuana and is independently lab-tested to show compliance and purity. All of their results are posted on their website and on each file that is shipped to you. Each joint or tin you order comes in a specific Indica Sativa blend like Energy, Hustle, Relax, and many, many more. My personal favorite is relax. Listen, after a crazy twenty twenty, already get into a crazy twenty twenty one, and after a ten hour workday, I just want to relax and smoke me some C B D to really let my mind just kinda soothe on for the rest of the day, if you know what I mean. So head on over to CushyDreams dot com and use the special promo code WBC to get you twenty percent off your first order. That's right. Cushy Dreams, K-U-S-H-Y Dreams.com, and use special promo code WBC to get you twenty percent off your first order. Smoke your C B D and welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar. has eyes, turned you into a vegetarian, <laughs> flesh eating ticks, <laughs> but I get six hundred bucks on my stimulus. Is that what you're telling me right
4: now? I Is- think that's exactly what you said. He, you know, okay. he's paid way more than 600 okay. bucks a week sure. to impregnate ticks <laughs> yeah. with radioactive material.
3: <laughs> so my, my whole shtick, I mean, the conclusion in, in the book is these are just, I just described a few of these like evil Dr. No mm. experiments. There are just hundreds, if not thousands of them that are affecting our health today. Absolutely. Like, it's like an American Chernobyl the effects of those experiments. And so they're all, oh, you know, boy. classified. Some of the records were destroyed, but there is, there, they are tucked away someplace in the government in those big warehouses oh, or yeah. libraries, dusty. So, I mean, I got some files from Willie that he had hidden away and he shouldn't have had. Wow. Which is what made the book so special because <laughs> I had documents nobody else had. But, you know, Chris Smith of New Jersey, the congressman, um, read my book and was so inspired. He says, we need to do investigation in this and make the military come clean because if they broke it, they need to fix it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, he tried to put it in this year's, um, department of defense budget, but it got pulled the week before Christmas. Uh, and he says, he's going to try and introduce a new bill just to declassify him. Because if you do it agency by agency, I mean, I have still have requests in for years and years. And, uh, I'll probably be dead before they fulfill those. Yeah. That's, and in the meantime, people are sick. People yeah, are sick. Yeah. The diseases are not being respected. If these diseases were being weaponized, they should get respect in the healthcare community.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Lyme disease is something that we, sure. we hear about occasionally, but it, other than that, um, I couldn't I th- really even tell you.
0: <laughs> I think you hear about it once in high school education and yeah. then it's, it's never talked about again. It's just like one of those Maybe things that I, they brush over. Camp. Like weird yeah, weird diseases <laughs> yeah. and they'll talk about it in your health class and yeah, they don't and then really, it's done and over with. And you don't you don't hear anything else about it. Stay away from ticks. You'll get you you'll get Lyme disease. You get Lyme disease, yeah.
3: Well, I was uh, I was hiking up behind Wow uh, the radar dish at Stanford today. And there were about five of these little kids who were like two or three years old and they were rolling in the grasses where the ground squirrels are with oh the ticks. And, and I just, I was like feeling like a Karen and I had to, <laughs> the, the mother said, okay, do a tick, tick check. Cause at this time of year in California, it's the green grasses are coming up. It's just rain. Mm-hmm. And these nymph ticks, which are the size of poppy seeds, they really are the size of poppy seeds. Mm-hmm you know they can get in your armpit or in your you know and they can carry all the bad diseases that the big ticks do yeah. and you don't know they're there and and also i said wash the clothes yeah of your kids don't save them for tomorrow because the ticks can hang out on your clothes and you put them on them the next day and oh. <laughs>
4: Uh, Can you imagine just running up to a mom? Like, there could be radioactive ticks. So your kid. <laughs> yeah. Geiger
3: counter. <laughs> Who is that crazy yeah.
4: <laughs> Then, Then they might be at Barnes Noble.
3: Listen, walk
4: by, like, pick up. Food, and they're
0: like, Yeah, I'm trying to, to make sure your kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally looking after your kid. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure
1: your kid's not zombie, patient <laughs> zero over here. Yeah. I'm not the crazy no one. about it. I
3: know, but one, but I mean, as it's one so... tick can completely ruin your life. Absolutely. Your kids, your kids won't be able to go to one bad infected tick bite. You, your kids will miss out half of high school, you know, because the system, the tests are really uh, it, not reliable in the first might, month. You might right not now.
0: ever be able to enjoy a ribeye. And, and your research <laughs> that you, you've done, and I know that you've dedicated a lot of your time to the Lyme disease is what other diseases have you been able to tie to biological weapons if any at this point
3: yeah so the one that willie burgdorfer was worried about was it's a ricketzal so that's a tiny little bacteria that that they thought it's so tiny they thought it was a virus until just recently and it causes the most it causes like uh rocky it's part of the family that causes rocky mountain spotted fever which can put you in a coma in 14 days and you're dead and like you you bleed out you that you have these spotted spots that are just bleed outs gee your your capillaries become leaky pipes oh. um so that actually was oh. they did weaponize uh spotted fever uh for the deadly the, the deadly branch of weapons, so Willie was saying this other rickettsia was in all the people who were sick in. Uh, Lyme, Connecticut, when he was investigating that outbreak. And he was told to cover that up. So I suspect it's this unidentified uh, rickettsia Mm -hmm. bacteria. And, uh, you know, he identified it. It didn't test positive for any of the known rickettsias, weaponized or not, in the U.S. So all of a sudden, he took this special sabbatical Mm -hmm. to Switzerland because even though he's in charge of this investigation and people were just hysterical about this Lyme outbreak. He says, I'm going on an eight months, 10 months sabbatical to Switzerland because they're these sick goat herders <sighs> who have this other disease, <laughs> you know? So yeah. then he gathers a bunch of ticks there and comes back to the U S and makes a test based on that new, that organism that was making the goat herders sick, which was called Swiss. He called it Swiss agent. It late later it was called Rickettsia helvetica. And he claimed discovery for the version in europe but it was never published that that organism was found here in the u.s Hmm. so i believe that's it so that's the loose end at the end of the book it's like what is the the germ that was weaponized uh and will some scientists please look what's inside of the tick Hmm. so since the book has come out which has been about a year and a half i have seen a lot of scientists say oh this is an interesting theory because everybody wants to discover a new thing and they are gene sequencing, everything right. that ticks. and we have so much better tools nowadays yeah. to look, you know, to find out everything in there.
4: So if that's what we're up to, what are other governments up to? Yeah, <laughs> who knows what they're weaponizing? Yeah, there's a-
3: well, I mean, we we have the COVID yeah. thing. The question with COVID, COVID nineteen.
4: Well, uh, one of the one of the interesting things you talked about was how you know they can basically mill down these things into little particles and spray them in the air. And what, what part of California do you live in? If you don't mind me asking
3: Northern, uh, right in, South of San Francisco.
4: Okay. Um, in Southern, Southern California, consistently you look up in the sky on a clear day and there's just airplanes streaking across the sky. And especially last week, it was nice and clear at the beginning of the week, towards the end of the week, it was completely hazy in the middle of the day. Um, so that was the first thing that popped in my head when you were talking about how these things could be sprayed about and uh, we're getting people sick left and right, you know, yeah. um, not necessarily with COVID, but a lot of people are ending up with uh, asthma, you know, upper respiratory issues, not necessarily illnesses, but uh, I don't know how many people I know that have asthma um, and just out of nowhere, really. Or bilateral pneumonia. Yeah, or but I think right that's now. more because people are consistently wearing their masks and they're double breathing everything mm-hmm. that should yeah. be expelled.
3: I agree. That's probably a contributor. Um, so that's the whole contrail thing, which mm-hmm. I haven't looked into. You know, biological weapons on the U.S. side was banned in 72. And I don't believe we've been doing an offensive program.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um it's believed by the experts that Russia, they know Russia was doing it mm-hmm. beyond uh, when we said we wouldn't. And I assume China was, too. Um, one one thing I did was when I, you know, I took the whole Willie thing and I didn't take it just just because he said it. I mean, I have to get other evidence because right. he could have an agenda that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's revenge from his employer. I mean, you just don't know, or maybe he was just delusional and he was, or maybe he just liked to play with journalists, like a cat and a toy. (laughs) Uh, So um, I, you know, when I did the deep dive on with experts on how do you know if a germ, if an outbreak of disease is natural or unnatural. And there was this one paper that I referenced and there were eight clues on how you tell, you know, if, if you're an expert that, that watches out for this stuff, when should you suspect something unnatural? And so, you know, the first thing is a point source. So if you look at the outbreak of, there was actually three really freaky tick-borne diseases that came out in the late sixties. One is a cattle parasite called Babesia. One is this Lyme arthritis, which turned out to be a spirochete. And then there's, there was a really deadly, um, Spotted fever, Hmm. a rickettsia, you know, so like, why did, it's just weird to have three germs show up that have never been seen in that part. So, you know, is it a point source? Yeah, it was a point source. Is it multiple germs? Yes. And was it an unusual disease? Yeah. Yeah. They were all really unusual, Mm -hmm. the three of them. And then high sickness and death. Yes. And, you know, if you look at the Wuhan outbreak, there's at least three of those four, So I'm sure someone in the U.S. is looking into that. Right. Uh, My my gut would say it might have been a bat virus that got out of the Wuhan lab Mm -hmm. accidentally because that lab has a horrible record for safety. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so but but you know China's the most secretive government in the world oh, so oh yeah you can uh, i don't be know i like never we'll know
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know hey sorry world we at least this yeah. uh,
4: this oh, virus sure. on you sorry yeah. about that it's it's definitely hard to uh you know nail down what the agenda is and what what's actually really going on um i mean as you've described already you know and you even mentioned the Tuskegee experiments and things like that. Um, there's, uh, it's a really dark history behind government experience when it comes to their own citizens. Um, and that explains why you've been running into so many walls when you ask questions about Lyme disease. And like I said, it's something, you know, Lyme disease itself. Like I said, we don't really hear about it. And, and, uh, you mentioned when patients show up and they, they have these symptoms, they would rather, they'd rather it get out of control and continue to treat them, charge them, charge them, charge them, you know, because you can't, you're, you're a customer, you're not a patient, you know? So it's, it's unfortunate that something that is curable, they, they don't step up and take care of it right away. Um, and then if you spoke to your doctor and, and let them know, you know, I'm having these symptoms. These are very similar to Lyme disease. I don't understand why a doctor would go, nah, that's too rare, and not run those tests and try and get to the bottom of what's illing you, you know?
3: I know. The tests the tests are so much cheaper than late stage disease. Yeah. You know, when you just have all sorts of <laughs> various organ failure. Jeez. Uh So now the the CDC recently released data on the cost of chronic Lyme, and it's just really expensive.
4: So they finally recognize that chronic Lyme is real?
3: No, they don't. Uh, (laughs) uh, Some people, they say our opinion is divided right now Mm -hmm. in the CDC. So out of Tulane, where they do a lot of the primate studies, they've been giving... Uh, primate monkeys the same dose of antibiotics that are recommended for humans mm-hmm. with lyme disease and they have the advantage of being able to autopsy those monkeys and they're saying hey there are live bacteria still in these monkeys <laughs> yeah. so they're obviously not cured yeah. but there's still some hard researchers that say oh that's that's an animal that's not humans. so I don't, <laughs> you know and, and and what and so, so why are they doing why
4: why are they why are they experimenting if i, I don't know cuz then at that point so, said, well, well let's get a volunteer yeah. let's get a group of volunteer humans in here you know that's terrible
3: yeah i mean part of it is that those yeah. people who were there at the beginning of the discovery they have 200 300 articles that say chronic Lyme doesn't exist right it's ego and they don't want to admit, well, we were wrong. You know, they're also afraid of uh, lawsuits because how many patients have they told Mm. you don't have chronic Lyme and I'm not going to give you any more antibiotics and certain, certain number of the original Lyme physicians are uh, research physician researchers are being sued right now. So that's real and present danger for them. And they're not willing to give up that. And then the other thing is insurance. When I was researching for the documentary, um, there was a lawsuit where I read through the depositions and a VP at Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield of New York. They were getting ready to IPO their HMO, and uh, they looked at the most expensive diseases, and number one was AIDS, and number two was chronic Lyme. Wow! So it's uh, it's way easier to say that chronic Lyme doesn't exist because <laughs> you don't have to pay for the expensive. Intravenous antibiotics that you need late stage disease and a nurse to clean the,
1: yeah. the um, site the pipe yep. yeah that's crazy dude <laughs> hey trust the science man I know hey truth hooligans I want to tell you about our amazing friends over at Dr. Cowan's garden that's right the Dr. Thomas Cowan a practicing holistic doctor in San Francisco who has revolutionized health with healing your body through a clean diet and natural medicines. You may recognize him through numerous video lectures discussing many different topics concerning your health when it comes to viruses and the integrity of some tests that are being used to prop up the pharmaceutical industry's mass hysteria operations aka COVID-19. Dr. Cowan and his family have created a way to benefit your body by inputting clean healthy toppings that you can add to your already existing diet. Dr. Cowan's garden has created powerful vegetable powders that you can add to your already existing recipes or use them as seasonings. Each of these jars contain roughly 50 teaspoons and a single teaspoon serving of Dr. Cowan's garden powdered vegetables equates to a full serving of cooked vegetables. Listen parents out there I know I'm about to be a parent but if you already have kids are you having trouble with them not wanting to finish all their vegetables no problem. Throw a little dash of this on your kids food and boom a full serving of cooked vegetables. We are excited to work with Dr. Cowan's garden and by clicking the link in our affiliates page or on the description of this episode, and use promo code Doctor Cowan's Garden all one word. You'll receive fifteen percent off your entire order. So change the way you view what you put in your body and see how these products can change your life. Trust the <laughs> you know. That's wild. You know, you know. After with with what we've talked about so far tonight, this is <clears throat> another reason not to go off on a tangent here about like you hear about this, this COVID vaccine, we've got the vaccine guys. It's all good. You might get slouchy face for a little bit. Um, you know, you might, you might start convulsing. Um, you might wind up passing out on live TV, but, um, trust the science. So when they come out with something like this, I'm always hesitant to be like, "Mm -hmm. where can I get one of those? I'll take that when you guys are, Sprinkling some some Lyme disease
0: on my cornflake.
1: <laughs> I have issues. Yeah, we got we got Why trust we issues go now.
0: I don't really trust. I only, I never had trust issues until yeah. I started doing this show with you guys, and now I don't trust
3: anything.
0: <laughs> well, you know,
3: I used to be a big fan of X Files. <laughs> yeah.
4: Right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, but but earlier earlier, Chris, you had also That's mentioned big. that. Um, these biological weapons typically don't get released in te- unless the government has protection for their soldiers. So that, that could explain why all of a sudden we got a vaccine so quickly. Um, you know, there could have been dueling uh, COVID labs here in the U.S. and and in uh, Wuhan. Um, I know that the study got moved from here to the Wuhan lab, per Dr. Fauci, not to go down this covid rabbit hole but you know I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to add it together here so could be why all of a sudden guys we're going to have a vaccine
0: in six months yeah <laughs> I, I guess one of my questions would be for the lime the chronic lime if they've developed it and they got down to that certain stage where they could use it as a biological weapon it gets released and you said that there's um uh, they're going to protect their soldiers why you would think that like when people started showing up to the clinics and they start testing they're like oh yeah it's this crappy virus sorry guys here you do a shot and then you're okay or is it at that point enlist. it's too late <laughs> is is would they be preparing the vaccine or giving it to the soldiers before they start the open air testing in hopes to see that it wouldn't work against them or is it so, is it too late um, to go so back So for right?
3: the well so for the vaccine testing this is for Lyme disease was never a serious sort of candidate for bioweapons as far as I can see Okay. the records I've got, but definitely the Rickettsis, Rickettsials, tularemia, those were, uh, on the short list. Mm. So they, at Dietrich, they had this thousand liter sphere that was steel. You know, it looked like something from a sci-fi yeah. movie. It's because, uh, this world war two submarine, uh, guys welded it together. Yeah. And it was airtight and it had little portholes in it, like ten thousand leagues under the sea <laughs> with the bolt rivets. And so they would put animals and volunteers, mostly Seventh Day in Venice, in this airtight chamber. And then they would spray in uh various biological weapons Whoa. and they would give they would vaccinate them. They would have vaccinated and unvaccinated people and then they would observe them for weeks to see if they got sick. So that that was one kind of controlled experiment where they were testing vaccines for our own guys mm. and offensive and defensive. And and then there was like tests like the mosquitoes or they dropped ticks in Utah or uh, where they weren't infected ticks or mosquitoes. That was just to see how far the insects would go. Mm. But, you know, it's like... <laughs> it's, Didn't they think about the blowback of this? Uh, Yeah, right.
4: They're in their own little world. They're not thinking
3: about,
0: you know, the big picture. That's crazy. Well, I think they're probably thinking the blowback. They're weighing it, right? Right. What's the risk reward? And to them, for them exposing a few couple hundred thousand people at that point, it's probably way small as far as the reward. If they do get this great weapon that they can use in their mind, it justifies the the ends to the means, you know. So I think they do wait, they think about it. But we gotta think too that a lot of these people gotta get into this power or they're creating these type of weapons are psychopaths and you know, they're not good people and they don't really care and, uh, about the amount of people they hurt in the process of getting what they want accomplished. Yeah. Something I always, I have a tough time wrapping my head around because I think that everybody's good. Right. Yeah. But we got to realize that not everybody has good or has the best intentions. And for, for all of us. Right.
3: I would say that was what was interesting about Willie Garford because I felt like he was a good guy in the beginning, you know, and he was very religious He was a lay reader at his Episcopal church, uh, a good family man on the surface. But uh, he, you know, Mm -hmm. he came over from Switzerland. They gave him his own lab. He had assistance. It was Hamilton, Montana. It's in the Bitterroot Valley. Mm -hmm. It's like beautiful soaring mountains. It's like Switzerland without all the rules. (laughs) (laughs) And and he fell in love with a local girl and he had two boys right away. And uh, so he liked the lifestyle. So his first... His first job was putting plague and fleas. Second one was putting yellow fever fever and mosquitoes. And he had two kids at home then. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> this brings new meaning to "Don't bring your work home." Yeah. Absolutely,
1: Jesus. <laughs> like,
3: and how hard would it be to bring a flea home?
1: Yeah,
2: I would say right. a- uh,
3: So, uh, so what? What do I think about Willie? Uh, is, yeah,
2: not hard. At uh,
3: it's like being in the mafia or the CIA. Once you get in too deep, it's hard to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. you you have too much invested with Willie. I mean, I have letters where he was talking about this is he wanted to leave, but if you're a scientist, everything's published or perish and most of his work is classified. So it would be hard for him to get a, a prestigious job at a university, if at all being a German, because we were still not liking Germans after world war two. And, um, you know, he doesn't have a big record of publications. He so.
0: have a and then yeah, he's stuck.
3: Yeah. So then I think I could see a real difference in his attitude when he discovered Lyme disease uh, or announced the discovery in 81. And I think there was a cover up and he resented it because his whole life, your whole life as a scientist is to be honest and and write up what you see. And in his original discovery article, he wrote, oh, there's a spirochete and we think it causes the rash. You know, he was careful not to say it makes the disease written draft he said oh and there were these other three organisms that i saw in all the Lyme patients and ticks so it could be the, be this other thing but in the final article that part had been stricken it was gone mm. you know so wow. it really it bugged his conscience then he was thrown into this fame and he was being idolized for this, this mm-hmm. discovery and he felt like i think he felt like it was a false win he mm-hmm. had guilt and then he got Lyme disease <laughs>
4: Oh wow. Oh, no. uh, there was he was how, how did he how did he get Lyme disease?
3: Uh he on Sundays he had a bunch of animals infected with Lyme disease. And then Sundays he would have to go clean the rabbit trays and feed them and give them water because the assistants were at home. He just lived two blocks from the lab. So he would go in there and some urine from infected rabbit splashed in his eye.
2: Oh my god. He was god. really
3: oh, no. sick. He had to go on disability. Oh. So it's karma, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. Karma for sure. Yeah, that's words, the, I, I was, the karma thing is, you know, when you play with fire for long enough, no matter what happens, you know how, how careful you are, you're going to get burned eventually. Yeah. it's just the way it is.
3: And then he was, you know, a celebrity amongst all the Lyme patients for discovering this horrible germ that supposedly caused this illness. You know, my, the premise of my book is it isn't Lyme, just Lyme. It's Lyme plus these other co-infections one or more, which could be a biological weapons. And we just aren't even looking for the co-infections because the government said, Oh, the epidemic's over. I know you're all worried about it. Now it's just Lyme and it can be cured with two weeks. Let's move on. You know, and instead we weren't even looking because that he didn't say in the discussion section, Hey, these other germs were there. You might want to look into them because that was rubbed out. Mm -hmm. We've just missed, (laughs) you know, a couple like (laughs) 30 years of people who are sick from these other things that we don't even have tests for.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So that's the point I tried to make is scientists fire up your microscopes right. and find out right. what else yeah. there is because it's not just Lyme disease.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. There's a the scientists, you know, a lot of them have that rock star mentality. So I'm sure you're going to get a few of them out there who are going to be racing to figure out what they can, hopefully, at least.
3: Yeah. And um, I think one of the. Oh, go ahead.
2: That's so crazy.
3: One of No I know I'm, it's I'm blown it's, away it's, by this whole conversation. You know, it, it was I had to keep it secret for about <clears throat> four years. So it's a relief to be able to talk about it, but I just have to tell you, if you've suffered from these diseases, multiple tick borne diseases in no house here. It was really I was in a dark place, you know. Yeah. To to see the military's disc- you know Gleefully talking about their wonderful incapacitating agents and to have been suffering from an incapacitating agent. It's like, don't be so glib. Don't tell me that my life is worth a dollar and 33 cents in 1970s dollars.
0: now yeah that, well that, that's got to be like one of the biggest slaps in the face right you're you're doing all this research and you've experienced it this pain and um the sickness for multiple years it's and spent, then it spend tens of thousands of yeah you spent you know a much of your life trying to overcome this battle and then the, the military just like
4: hmm.
0: <laughs> this look how effective this could be guys yeah we could kill people for a dollar 30 rather than <laughs> have to spend you know all this money training soldiers and then them get killed and lose money. We can do it for a dollar thirty. That's that's a slap okay. in the face.
3: So the chief architect of the biological weapons program was Ira Baldwin out of University of Wisconsin. And I remember reading this one line from him that was just jaw dropping. He was just saying, you know, in World War II, my job was to clean up body parts when I was a young enlisted man from people who had been blown up by munitions. And I just decided that biological warfare was a much more humane way to conduct wow. war. You know, it says war is hell, but uh, dying of a disease is a much better way to die than losing <laughs> a limb. So I, I beg to differ. I to
4: differ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, you yeah.
2: crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. So, Just I mean, I, I wanted to our, tell you, like, reaction? another,
3: like spine-chilling moment in the investigation is Willie, when he decided that he would release his hidden files about his biological weapons experiments, he gave it to a BYU professor because he said, I want you to put this in the archive. Uh, He wanted to give it to someone who wouldn't redact it. And so that professor called me up because he knew I was writing Willie's biography and said, do you want to look at the documents early? It's like, yes. (laughs) So so I flew out to Provo, Utah, and he had him. And the first thing he said, well, look at this folder. It's like one of those brown military folders from the 50s. And it said Fort Detrick on the tab. And then there was a yellow sticky on the outside of it. And it said, I always wondered why somebody didn't do something. And then I realized I was somebody. So it was (laughs) like a confession, you know, that, and inside that folder were, you know, the yellow fever experiments and Mm -hmm. the, the flea and plague, plague and fleas. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bunch of, he was weaponizing rabies and um, trying to weaponize, trying to put rabies in ticks. And then also trying to weaponize Colorado tick fever virus, which is sort of Uh. a, an American hemorrhagic fever.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. None of that sounds fun at all. I mean, I don't want to experience any of that. I mean,
4: uh, you go to change the rabbit's water and it's a bad day at work. <laughs> that sounds terrible, dude. Yeah. None of that Just is. Right face <laughs> with rabbit pee and then you got Lyme disease. Yeah, yeah no yeah, that's thanks. A bad day. I know. No thanks.
3: Yeah. So, why does this matter? It, you know, it matters because if we need to release this research from the military to know how we can better treat people here, and we also need to know. What germs did they release in what mm-hmm. states so we can better diagnose and, and treat these people? You know, why oh, did Lyme yeah. disease show up around Lyme, Connecticut and also uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota? Well, Wisconsin's where Ira Baldwin, who was the brainchild of the biological warfare program, was doing his little tests on farms there that have been donated to the university and general mills is a cereal manufacturer who helped with the, uh, the milling. And <laughs> so that's what I said. So what is it going
0: to, what, what would, what's, what's it going to take? for the the government to come clean and you think we'd have to give them some kind of like immunity or the healthcare workers like immunity to say, Hey, look, we can't be sued. This is the diseases that we're worried about. We're going to start screening for that. And we're working on some kind of solution. You think that would help? I mean, the Congressman is trying to bring it a bill to, to figure this out. You'd think that there'd be, thinking these things through and and trying to either like a cap number. Look, we're going to pay out this many people, whoever gets it. We're going to pay this amount out and just be done with it. Some Monsanto type. Yeah. Or, you know, hey guys, we screwed up in the sixties and this is where we screwed up. We Lyme disease. Yeah. That's our bad, you know, Rocky mountain fever, whatever, you know, all these things. If you get these, we have a solution now, but you can't come after us.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I, one day one day after Biden thing. came out and they put it in the defense bill i get a call on my cell phone and it's 202 it's like damn it's a robot again but i answer it and he goes hello this is senator so and so can i talk to you about it? <laughs> yeah. so that's what he said he says well even if we put it in the bill will the military really release this and i said well, i don't know <laughs> you know and he says yeah, and i said well thing, maybe yeah. maybe we can have some sort of financial amnesty program cuz I, I mean i really believe i don't most of the people who made these really really bad decisions are dead now and uh you know maybe we can do a deal where instead of there's punitive damages we put that money to research to help these people i mean i just cannot underestimate how much suffering is going on you know i hear these stories of this family saying well we're selling our last couch so we can afford antibiotics for our whole family
0: (laughs) jesus Yeah, yeah, I think, I I think that people will be way more interested in in getting some kind of uh, treatment rather than, you know, reparations. I mean, like you said, most of these people are gone, you know, and I don't think, like you said, you're not thinking that we're continuing this program. Since the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. So seventies, eight, we haven't done anything else. You, you think that, you know, we were like, Hey, yeah, we were jacked up back then. And this is where we're progressing. We're away from that now. We're not doing these things anymore. And to show you that we're not doing these things, we want to help you guys. And mm-hmm. I think that people be way more receptive to that. And I think right now the, the truth community mm-hmm. is if, if you hear the truth, you, you just were like, Oh man, I, uh, it's a way of the world you, you, you yeah. take comfort in it yeah our government screwed up uh, once in a while it's nice to be able to hear yeah i'm right. i'm gonna own this we made a mistake and this is what we plan to do to fix it yeah. you know sure. we just don't hear that enough no
1: i know and well i feel like we're also in Hey, truth hooligans out there, man. Listen, 2020 was a fucking wild year, and 2021 isn't starting off so good. And if 2020 has made you realize anything, maybe it's made you realize how unprepared you are. And perhaps you want to stock up on supplies that will help you be better prepared for an incoming disaster from Mother Nature or enemies, foreign or domestic. If you want to stock up on supplies, check out our good friends at My MyPatriot.com. Supply. That's right. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply is the trusted, self-reliant supplier of all things survival and preparedness. Listen, prepping isn't crazy. Not being prepared is crazy. They offer a full lineup of storable foods, everything from short-term to long-term food storage to gluten-free options, as well as water and air purification systems. So head on over to our website and click on the affiliates page. Check out mypatriotsupply.com with a direct link to all their preparedness supplies. Be a truth hooligan. Join the millions of Americans that have taken their safety and their family's readiness to the next level by staying one step ahead of disasters at mypatriotsupply.com. So go to wbconspiracies.com, click on the affiliates page, and check out the special link for mypatriotsupply.com and be prepared for whatever the world has to throw at you. Uh we're 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 in this state of society now where I think that if the government were to come out and say, "Yes, we did this, oopsie poopsie," no one would really care. I mean, like people would get fired up for a short period of time, I think, but because there's so many other distractions that are going on constantly right now with Not just the, you know the mainstream media, but you got the election, and then you got BLM, and you got Antifa, and you got the Capitol, and then you got this and that. They could easily slip something in, you know, the Washington Times. <laughs> by the way, we weaponized ticks, anyways. You know what I mean? And 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 then you know, page yeah. check check page A thirteen on on the Washington Post. Um, I, I they did a very similar, not with the weaponizing like of of uh, these diseases they did a very similar thing when um it was during the oj simpson trial so the during the oj simpson trial on on the front page was oj simpson's trial because Mm -hmm. that's what everybody was glued to the tv with they were reading the newspapers at the same time a civil little a civil litigation was um settled for martin luther king jr's family where a jury concluded that um martin luther king jr was assassinated in Cooperation with uh, local, state, and federal governments. Yeah. So it was a conspiracy to yeah, kill Martin Luther Jr. It wasn't. Ex- the shooter did the shooting, but it, but they they put it in like the back of the paper. Yeah, so nobody cared to even read about it, and it didn't matter because it was a civil liti- It was a civil litigation, so they just paid a yeah. dollar amount, to and they said, "Okay, we're done here." Um, but I think that if it, if the government would to be like, "Yeah, we," you know, shocker. We weaponized, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, go out and hunt and then, people. Then. then I, I don't, yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, go that's that's the worst thing. Vegetarian. I mean, don't you,
3: don't you hate those vegans that say, well, I'll come over with for dinner, but I'll bring my own <laughs> vegetables. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, I today I smoked a tri-tip, and I can't imagine like what am I supposed
3: life without a tri-tip?
4: Home,
0: yeah, I'm gonna go no. home and smoke an eggplant. I don't, no, it's not gonna happen. No, I'm gonna get that rash after eating my steak. Yeah. You know, just, just suffer through I'll it. Take it. Yeah, I'll deal with it. Be on every show like itching. <laughs> can't oh, do it. Yeah. Don't think yeah right you track man no man I just love
3: meat.
1: it makes me itchy now
3: so i mean here's my advice at the end of every show i was gonna say my advice this at the end of every show is if you pull out a tick like put it in a plastic baggie with a damp piece of cloth or paper towel send it into a to someplace online that'll t- test ticks for free or not and They'll gene sequence like everything inside the tick, not just Lyme disease. Oh wow.
2: Because
3: there's there's like there's spotted fever, oh that can kill you in 14 days. Powassan virus, oh that or Bourbon bourbon virus, oh that'll kill you. You know, and tularemia. <laughs> yeah. you'll have big lesions on like AIDS lesions oh all God. over stuff. So, yeah, there's actually a lot worse diseases than Lyme disease, and we nobody knows about it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's just tip of the iceberg, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I would rather just not
1: even <laughs> die. Like, yeah, if I die, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to get those tests. You, like, get your test results and it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's Magical like a, a CVS length. receipt.
4: You're like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh-oh, this is not good. It's terrible. terrible. Well, at least at least you could go to the doctor with oh, that goodness. and say, check it out. This is what we're dealing with.
3: Yeah. That's a starting up.
4: point. That's a starting point. Yeah, yeah. They can't call you crazy or or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Chris, I have uh, one last question here for you. Um, what are some hot spots? Are there are there centralized areas in the United States where this is heavily concentrated activity for for this these these weaponized ticks that are out there, kind of running wild? Um, I know w- w- where I live. Um, a lot of people that live just south of me. Um, cause I live in kind of more of the suburban area of Kansas, but just south of me is kind of r- very rural. And a lot of guys go hunting and their kids kind of run around outside and all these different grassy areas. And they're like, oh yeah, we just flick chicks off of them all the time. And I'm like, now hearing this, I'm like, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I'm never coming to your house again. But like, what are the centralized areas um, that are out I there? I would
3: say I, first of all, on my website, com, go to the images, uh, page and i have an animated map uh, from 1992 the spread so you can see if your state is one of the red states just like the COVID maps but right. i i mean i would say pennsylvania is the number one for lyme disease so you know the whole northeast is messed up it's starting to be a problem in the carolinas and then it's moving westward uh,
2: mm-hmm.
3: i was Iowa seems to have some sort of tick-borne diseases that are fairly deadly, and I don't know what's going on there, and versions of Lyme disease that are um, there's like Lyme disease, but they don't test positive with the regular tests. I don't know about Kansas, so look at the map. And then uh, Wisconsin, the Great Lakes area, that's just a hot spot, too. And then in California, we, it looks like there are not a lot of cases in California, but they've discovered a new a spirochete that's like a relapsing fever that has similar symptoms, but you have these spiky fevers that go up and down over, you know, every week you have a spiky fever. People end up in the ER. It takes a while to diagnose them. So with the relapsing fever, so relapsing fever is worse than we realize. Yeah. So, um,
4: Is there, is there any, um, Precautions anybody can take if they happen to be out hiking or anything. Uh, I know that there's some, you know, bug repellents that say they repel like uh, fleas and ticks, but does that cover kind of everything? Or
3: Um, just go online. There's a bunch of natural and heavy-duty chemical sprays permit permethrin is very effective but it's a bit of a toxic toxic but there's some natural products too so you can spray okay. that on your clothes you can if you send your kid to camp you can buy clothes that are already permeated with those chemicals which is a good thing they're oh, going to wow. be crawling around in the woods and uh, yeah. and then you know people say uh we're light color colored clothing so you can see the ticks crawling up in you and then put your mm. dorky white socks on the outside of your pants
0: <laughs> yeah okay, that's, how, that that's how I'd rock it anyway see, so
3: hopefully there aren't paparazzi in the woods but <laughs> you'll be safe <laughs> nice,
0: nice.
4: alright all right, big country anything else <laughs> okay. well, I'm, your clothes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going home I'm going home. I'm checking my kids. I'm checking my dogs. Yeah. I'm checking everything. We're we're gonna make sure we're tick free at the the yeah. my house. <laughs> Casa de la Hamilton. Casa de la Hamilton is gonna be tick free. Oh.
3: Okay, so, yeah. So yeah. so uh, my animals. book my book is sort of a good entry yeah. into the whole biological mm-hmm. bug barn weapon programs. Bitten. Yeah, definitely. Bitten. You can buy it anywhere. But also, I just recently read a really great book by uh, Nicholson Baker. It's called Baseless. And where I went down one rabbit hole in the biological weapons program, he went down fifty. And each oh. chapter is another like crazy program in the biological oh. weapons program, yes. and, like like <laughs> dropping <laughs> insects on Korea and. Oh my god. So uh, if you yeah. if you read my book and you like it, go to list by Baker.
0: <laughs> for sure, I'm, for sure. We There's two books I'm checking out. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. <laughs> And uh, Chris, you
1: said you had a you had yeah, a website chrisnewby.com?
3: and newbie like N E W B Y. Whereas it, where I am a science writer, so it's like my opening joke when I talk to a Nobel Prize winner or something. Well, my name is Newbie, so I have license to ask really stupid questions.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> are you uh Are you on uh, Twitter or Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, anything like yeah, that?
3: Yeah, all of those. So okay. Instagram's bit in the book. Uh, and then uh Facebook, yeah, and then you know, the reviews of, and I ha on my website, Chris I have some really great vintage program uh pictures that are um in the book too. So for example, the way Willie stuffed ticks with horrible oh. diseases is he had these little glass pipettes that he blew under a Bunsen burner and then he stuck it in the mouths of the ticks and he poured oh the disease in there and put a stopper on there and I mean, you have to see it to believe it. Yeah, and then because I,
0: I, I was wondering how, uh-huh. and then I'm already having nightmares, and then now I have like images stuck now. They're never coming then out. Don't
3: go to the images page. I mean, they, have the, they have the eight ball showing these science dudes spraying. Oh my god, human beings Ugh. with horrible diseases. Oh
0: my god, I'm going there right now. I can't help myself. I'm, I'm going you there right now. to look it up. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: <laughs> <Button> for punishment.
1: <laughs> So, way cool. Um, Chris, thanks again so much for for coming on the show. Um, We'll say bye to you after we we stop the recording here. But um, I don't even know how to wrap this episode (laughs) up because this is like I thought, you know, the Tuskegee, like Tuskegee, and then, you know, that was it, right? Mm -hmm. No, turns out, no, they're literally weaponizing (laughs) grass. (laughs) Careful what kind of grass you walk barefoot through. You might get. Some kind yeah. of crazy, or the fungus. Disease. The fungus. This is, yeah, the, the fungus. Way, that was. Probably, that's pretty disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have an uncurable fungus. Oh, fantastic! This is probably, by the way, to everybody listening. This is probably how you get <laughs> zombies. I think that the next this this leads into Just a cocktail of everything. Yeah. Patient Zero came.
0: Sorry, yeah. uh, what if we just are put everything up the, the images? Yeah, yeah. I, I got it up. I I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I see him typing it into him. Ugh. Oh, that's yeah. gross. <laughs> Zoom in picture of a tick. That's gross. <laughs> oh, those are so ugly. Okay.
2: Yeah. Thank you so
3: there.
0: much for coming on. <laughs> hey, <boy. Whew. laughs>
3: okay. Sorry that's to cool. gross you out. I, I still <laughs> hike, but My um, goodness. I just do tick checks.
4: There you go.
1: <laughs> you in a bubble suit? <laughs> just like an under like underwater suit. I'm going ready to go dive. Oh my goodness! So yeah. Right. Oh, my <laughs> right. oh my goodness! So that's it um, for this episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies with our wonderful guest, Chris. Be sure to check out her book, Bitten, available everywhere and her website if you want to have nightmares <laughs> or sleep, Chris dot com. Um be sure to check out our website, WPconspiracies.com. That's kind of where we're pushing all of our listeners and traffic now because some wild censorship happening right now uh, all over the place. So uh, that's it for me. Big coach signing and on. Chris, go take showers. Yeah. <laughs> See you next We'll talk time. to you guys on the next one. My balls my balls I want you my
2: balls to get up now.
4: Told me. Told
2: me. I want all of you to get up hot. out of your chairs.
4: My balls hot. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You,
0: you, ain't, ain't, say this you ain't, ain't saying this, is hot. You ain't, ain't
2: saying this, home. Donald Trump, Putin, and shit. My balls I say, my balls I'm a human hot. being. God damn hot. it. My life has been My balls are